Welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I'm so glad you took the time out to join us today. Man, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be exceedingly glad in it. Not just a little glad in it, but we're going to be exceedingly glad in it. Man, this word tonight, I guarantee you, if you make a decision, I'm telling you from the very beginning, make a decision to open your eyes so you can be able to see. Open your ears that you'll be able to hear. But most of all, open your heart and be receptive to the word of God. Don't do like so many people I've seen do and when they come into a service that they come into a meeting or they're watching a broadcast or they're hearing a podcast they hear one thing that they might not like or they might not understand they might not agree with and they discount everything else that's already been said and what it what happens so many times is if they would have just took a little extra time to listen to the whole word to hear the whole message then they would have found out that part that they may not understand man god would have brought clarity to you can i tell you something even i one time i was sitting i was listening to this this, this well-known pastor and i followed his messages for years but he was teaching on this one thing and it, it just it just kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way and i'm like i don't know about all that man and i cut it off but then I'm like, hold it. Let me let me listen to it again. I, I listened to it some more and I got to that same part and I guess what I did? I cut it off again. And it's like then the Lord was like, How are you ever gonna truly understand what's being said if every time you hear something, uh, uh one little thing that you don't agree with and you cut it off and you don't hear the whole context of what's being said so what i did is i went back i cut it back on i listened to the whole context and guess what i found out he was right i was wrong guess what happens to so many people in the body of christ they hear something they hear but they don't fully hear they see but they don't fully see because they haven't made a real decision to open up their heart and be receptive to what it is god is saying because guess what even if somebody is saying something that may seem a little off to you guess what you do you write down the address you go back later and then you study the word for yourself and god through the holy spirit will give you even more clarity and understanding but if you live in a cut them off discount i'm going to treat the word of god just just like you do on social media because on social media you have about 10 uh, 10 to 15 seconds to to appeal to whoever's looking at your content if they if you don't have their attention within the first 5 10 15 seconds they will cut you off and never listen to what it is you have to say even though the word that you have for them would change their life forever but they weren't using this one swear word which is no patience everybody's in a microwave society and i can tell you in the name of jesus that the word of god and the way that god works is not like a microwave uh not like a microwave you can't push a couple buttons and pop there it is it doesn't work that way and when we and when the church begins to treat god like he's a genie in a bottle well, we can just rub him a little bit and then pop we'll get exactly what i want man that is not that's not that's not the God of the Bible. You can read it. You can find out time and time again. That's not how God rose. And so many people are frustrated and upset and bent out of shape because they treat God like they see the genie in Aladdin. You just rub the lamp a couple times. You just say a couple, bam, and then it happens. In some cases, it may. Most cases, if you study throughout the word of God, it did not happen that way so i'm telling you from the very beginning man make a decision i'm going to open my heart and receive what's being said i'm going to open my ears so i can hear what's being said but i'm going to open my eyes so that when i'm seeing it i'll be able to hear it and then i'll get in my spirit and i'm going to meditate on what it is that i heard until i begin to get understanding remember we've been talking over the last few weeks about how wisdom is the principal thing wisdom right use and exercise of knowledge is chief most important thing above all things so in all you're getting get understanding get wisdom but in all you're getting get understand or get discernment or understand what it is that you're supposed to be doing with the word of god and man that's so not just in some areas that's in every area of your life do i have your attention now man let's go ahead and jump right in make the declaration we're going to get into the word of god tonight and it's going to change your life forever i know it will
whether you whether you believe it, whether you receive it, the word is going to come forth tonight, is going to change your life. Why? Because it's impacting your life today. It is not, it's not going to impact your life tomorrow. It's impacting your life today, right now. And hang on, and I'm going to show you exactly how. I'll make this declaration in the quote of Isaiah 61 and 1. It says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captive. To the open of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. And to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness that they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old ways, and they shall repair the way cities, and they shall raise up the former desolation. Uh, the desolation, desolation of many generations. Father, we give unto you the glory, the honor, and praise, and we thank you this for this word tonight. We thank you for this opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Thank you for this opportunity to, to get into your word. Father God, I thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Move across every airway. Touch each and every household. Touch each and every person who's listening. Their house, their family, their lives forever. I'm believing you and I'm covenant with you for miracles, signs and wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. May you alone be glorified, honored and praised in Jesus name. Amen. Now make this confession with me said, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It reveals what I should think. It tells me what I should believe, and it tells me how I should walk. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. Say that with me. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. How do we know the Word of God is the most important thing in life? We already shared it with you in accordance to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, where it says that wisdom, godly wisdom, right? You should exercise the knowledge of God is the chief most important, highest above all things, is that so get wisdom, right use and exercise of the knowledge of God. And with all you're getting, get understanding. I've been given a charge tonight. God says, I want you to sound the alarm. You know, sound the alarm, sound the alarm. It's kind of like a fire. When, when, when is there, if there's any indication of smoke in a building or there, if there's smoke, there may be a potential fire. What happens? Somebody pulls the fire alarm or the, the fire detector goes off and it sounds the alarm and it alerts all the people, man, you need to respond to your emergency uh, response plan or location or whatever the situation would be. And he's saying, man, Milton, I want you to go and I want you to sound the alarm to the body of Christ. Sound the alarm to those who are in the church. Sound the alarm to all those who will give ears to hear. And this is what he says. And he's talking about this in accordance to Job chapter 2, verse 15. He says this. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. He says, assemble the elders. Gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom come out from his room and his bride out of her chamber. Why is he telling, he said, I need you to sound the alarm. He says, because he says, he says, because my people are praying and they're asking me to change this and, and to fix that. And, and this is going on and that's going on. And Lord, we don't know what to do about this situation. And it seems like everything is on a slipping slope. And if I was to give this, this message, how title, title this message would be slippery slopes ahead and i'm going to i'm going to tell you slippery slopes ahead but we're also going to show you how the slippery slopes got there in the first place and what our response is supposed to be as members of the body of christ now he says this he says my people are praying he says but this is what i'm telling my people the reason why i'm telling you to sound the alarm to call a solemn assembly he says because i need my people to repent and i'm like repent he says repent the word repent simply means make a decision change your mind change the way that you're thinking he says because he says because 
I'm going to show you through this message. He says that that wrong thinking will produce wrong feelings. Wrong feelings will produce wrong decisions. Wrong decisions will produce wrong actions. He's saying right now, he says, I need my people to repent. How do you know? How do you know that? He says, in according to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, a very familiar scripture, a lot of people read it, but they read it, but they don't hear what is being said. He says this, he says, if God says this is his people, because Solomon had prayed for the people and was asking, hey, God, because he, he's dedicating this temple to God. And he says, but if your people get off, God will make sure, will you do this? Will you do that? And God says, I'm going to respond to your prayer. And God says, I'm responding to your prayers. He says, he's responding to your prayers. My prayers, prayers that many people in the body of Christ have been lifting up to him. And he says, this is what I need you to do. He says, if my people, not everybody in the nation, he says, but if my people, God says, if my people who are called by my name, who are, who are, who, now, when you say, I'm not talking, see, most, some people think everybody, you say God, you talk about all kinds of people. No, he's talking about Jehovah, Jehovah God. He says, if, if you, if you are called by my name name and you will humble yourself which means submit yourself and pray what he said if my people who are called by my name will submit themselves humble themselves and pray make petitions intercession make supplications he says and seek his face so when you're humbling yourself you're submitting yourself you're going to you're going to pray, make petitions, intercessions, and supplications, and you're going to seek God's face, not his hand. You're going to seek God's face. Because why do you want to seek God's face? Because when you seek God's face, you're going to get the wisdom of God. You're going to get the knowledge of God. You're going to get comprehensive understanding. Remember, we've been talking about how it starts with getting godly knowledge, then you will get and you spend time studying that word, meditating that word, until you get what's known as comprehensive insight or understanding. And after you get those things, guess what comes next? Wisdom, right? Use and exercise of the godly knowledge which you have. Where do you find all those things? In the face of God. You find all that when you are in prayer with God, when you're spending time reading his word, when you're spending time studying his word, he says, my people, if my people will humble themselves, submit themselves and pray, make petitions, make supplications, make intercessions, he says, and seek his face. He says, but then they also need to turn away from, because when you repent and you make a decision, then it's going to cause you to turn. It's going to cause you to change. It's going to cause, cause true repentance means you, you made a decision and you changed your mind. And now you're going to turn away from whatever it is you were doing. And he says, he says, and turn from their wicked ways. Why is it wicked? Because it goes against what it is God instructed you and I to do. That's what the word, the whole word wicked simply means twisted. Twisted. Twisted means you had truth on this and somebody twisted it and it caused you to go in a way that you was not supposed to go. He says, if my people will humble themselves, submit themselves, and they will pray, make supplication, prayers, intercession, he says, and then seek his face. He says, and then you will turn from your way, your way of doing things. And begin and turn back to God's way of doing things. He says, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins. And guess what else he says he will do? He says, I will heal your land. Hold up. So you mean if the body of Christ, if those who are called by the name of the Lord, if those who are who are under the uh, under uh, the the the. Uh, his name, if those who are who have made Jesus not Savior, but made him head Lord over their life. He said, if you will humble yourself, submit yourselves and pray and seek earnestly, seek his face. He says, and also you got to turn because when you're seeking his face, you're going to find out this thing. All of us have areas that we need to come up higher in. He says, and you're going to find out the adjustments that you need to make. He says to be in right position. 
to be in, in, in right ways. He said, turn from your ways, turn from those twisted ways. He says, what you'll find out when you seek my face. He says, and then I will forgive you. I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sins. And guess what he says he'll do? I'll heal your land. See, as, as men and women of God, as, as, as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, we have a responsibility to, to, to mature the saints by get, teaching them and preaching and teaching and showing them by examples and by and, and demonstration so that they can go forth and do the work of the ministry. See, you mature the saints to do the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. And the first place that you want to start all this at is in your own house. Because a lot of people looking at what's going on with what they call the millennials and, and Gen Z and, and Gen X and whatever name you want to put on. And I mean, what in the world's wrong? What in the, what happened? Where did we get off? Where, what, what caused them to be this way? And tonight we're going to answer that question for you. And guess what? But see, in, in the, in describing what, what caused it, he also will give you the solution in the name of Jesus. He says, you have a charge to keep. He says, Going back to Psalms chapter 78 and verse number two, this is this is how it was supposed to be from the very beginning. It says this, it says, it says, it says I'm reading out an amplified version and it says this. It says, I will open my mouth in a parable. Now, what is a parable? A parable is instructions by numbers examples. And he says, and I will utter a saying of old that hide important truth. He says, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. He says, we will not hide them from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonderful works that he has performed. So what was supposed to happen? Mothers and fathers, and grandmothers and grandfathers were supposed to be the ones who 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 had who had made a decision to follow God, who had made a decision to make Jesus the head of their life, who had made a decision to walk in righteousness, who had made a decision to humble themselves and pray and to seek God's face and and turn from their wicked ways and purpose on purpose live the life that was that he is his word specified for them to live. He says, and, and you are the ones who are supposed to tell your children and tell your grandchildren and, and share with them about and not hide it from them. Uh, the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and his might and his wonderful works that he has performed. He says, for he, talking about God, has has established a testimony and expressed precept in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. And this was not a suggestion. This was a command. He says, commanding our fathers that they should make the great facts of God's dealings with Israel known to their children, that the generation. Why did he, he says, I'm commanding you to tell your children this. I'm telling you, I'm specifically instructing you to do this. And he says, because when you do this, he says, the generations to come, so that the generations to come might know the wonderful works and deeds and all the, the might and, and things that God had done for what purpose? That the children, uh, that they'll make them known to the children and the children still to be born might arise and recount to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. So he said, the reason why I'm telling you to train your children up, it says this in Proverbs chapter, I believe it's in chapter 22, train your uh Train your children in the way that they should go, so, so that what they will go, oh, they will not depart from it. Then they say that that they won't wander off, but the word that you spoke on the inside of them is still a lot. And guess what? It's going to still be speaking to them, even when they out there trying to be cool, acting like a fool. He says this, he says, but I'm telling you to make known to your children all these things so that the generation to come and the children that are not yet born will be able to recount or recall all these things to their children 
so that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. And what's going on in the community today? What's going on in your house today? What's going on in your job today? What's going on in the government today? People have forgot the wonderful works of God, the wonderful deeds, and all that he's done. And I'm going to tell you how it came about. He says, and the reason why I'm telling you this is so that so that uh, they won't be like their fathers, like their fathers who are a stubborn and rebellious generation. And at their, and and if you go back, you don't have to go back that far. I mean, I, I we was in a in a um, in a province once, and and we had a work that we were doing there. And some some of the people, a lot of the people, were resistant to the things of God because they their parents were rebellious against the things of God. So their children did, was doing exactly what it is that their parents did. And, 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 and it's like the more, the further and further and further you get away from the light, the more you get in darkness. See, the thing, in order for somebody to be in darkness, all you have to do is keep them away from the light. See, the adversary don't care if you tell them about three points in a poem and you just being religious about it, but when you begin to teach them about the word of God, when you begin to teach them about the goodness of God, when you put people back in remembrance to what it is God has done in the past and the things he's He's prepared to do today and, he, and how he has a great plan for their life and he says, I got a way out of your situation and circumstance, but you got to do it God's way and you give them the, the even how Jesus did he taught them in parables the truths of God many things he says but for those who had ears to hear it those who had eyes to receive it those who had made a decision to open their heart man it became a point of deliverance and hope and everything it is that they was believing for was manifested in their lives he says but when you don't Train up your children in the way that they should go. When you, as a as a mother or father, don't don't live the life before them. Not just talking about it, because many people talk about it. They talk about it, but they ain't. They are not about it. They talk about it, but they don't live it in their everyday life. So when your kids are looking at you, they looking at you like, Duh, you doing the same stuff I'm doing. Sometimes you can't tell the difference between the the, the child and the parent because they both wilding out together. And God says, I'm telling you to sound the alarm because I'm taught. He says, I'm going to tell my people first because see, as the church goes, the, the rest of the world will follow. It, it, as the church goes, the more the church begins to get lazy and complacent and, and not do the things that God has called us to do, the more the world will begin to get further and further and further away from the light. How are they going to hear? How are they going to know about the light if nobody ever shines the light? He says, he says, don't be like, he says, because I don't want, I want you to train your children up and, and share with them and give all these things to your, to your children because I don't want the children, the, this generation or the generation to come to be like the previous generation who were rebellious against the things of God. They were stubborn. He says, a generation that set their hearts right nor they, they they didn't want to hear anything from God, nor were they prepared. They didn't prepare their hearts to even know God, whose spirits were steadfast, who were whose spirits were not steadfast and faithful to God. They weren't faithful to God. They came up with their own way. They came up with they, whatever, you know, like uh, like the slogan Sprite, obey your thirst, whatever feels right. That's what I'm going to do. If it looks right to me. That's what I'm going to do. And the reason why he's saying all this, he says, because I'm trying to warn you now, troubling times are ahead. Troubling, that's not a, that's not a beer tactic. That's, that's the truth. Troubling times are ahead. In fact, they're already going on right now. It says this in 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1, it says this. But realize this, I'm reading out a New American Standard Bible. That in the last days, difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, uh, revelers, partiers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, Love is a pleasures 
rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied his power. They have a form of godliness. They look religious. They look religious. They dress the part. They, they talk the part. But when you look at their life, it's toe up from the flow up. And then they're like, man, I don't know why my life like this, man. Uh, 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 you got a little bit of time. It's not going to take long to figure it out. It's not going to. This is, this, is this is not one of those, oh, my God. This is one of those messages that tell people, you tell, you speak the truth in love. What is God doing? He's sounding the alarm, and he's telling you, if you want this situation to turn around, if you want it to go in the way that you're believing for it to go, then you have to make a decision to repent, which is what the word uh, repent means. Make a decision, changing your thoughts, and turn and go the other way. See, we're talking about all the things, how you, the outwardly, how you will be able to see that you're in the last day. How you, and we've talked about, man, this is, this is what the root of it is because the people have forgotten the, the wonderful works and deeds of God. Their parents didn't share it with them. Their leaders did not share it with them. Their pastors may not have shared it with them. Their priests may not share, would not have shared it with them. And as a result, as opposed to looking at the things of God, they begin to look at the things in the world and they begin to mimic our, their lives look just like the world's look. In fact, he talked about this in first Timothy chapter four. He said this, he says in, in verse number one, he says the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith. It didn't say that they would just all of a sudden just do a about face and run away it says they'll fall away what's a fall away it's gradually when you begin to fall unless you less even on you're on the slippery slope you don't fall away you slide you begin to slide backwards and slide backwards and slide backwards and the further away from the light or the truth you get the further in darkness you will go he says this he says i'm telling you these things some will fall away from the faith. How do they fall away from the faith? Because they begin to pay attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines or teachings of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars. So the person, or, 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 we're going to talk about that, the, they begin to entertain or give attention to deceitful spirits and doctors of demon by means of hypocrisy you know what hypocrisy means a pretender when somebody say man you a hypocrite you know what they're really saying you're a pretender you say you believe one thing but you do something altogether different he goes on and says he says they are seared in their own conscience as with a brand and iron he says some examples of of hypocrisy are are doctors of demons forbidding the marriage and and advocating abstaining from foods which god has created to be gratefully shared in both in by those who believe and know the truth now so he's saying that he says there was people are going to begin to fall away i'm telling you all these things i gave you a whole list of all these things that, that you're going to begin to see in your society and he says and and you're also going to begin to see people falling away and he says that the reason why they're falling away is because they're giving attention to something that i never told you to give attention to he says you're going to begin to give attention to doctrines of demons and it's all based in hypocrisy of liars that what they're saying to you is not true he goes on to say he, he, he just to tell you that it's not just for date because there's nothing new under the sun man even back in 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 in, in the former times in the book of hosea a lot of people preach this or teach this talking about you know hosea chapter four and six but let's talk about what led them up to hosea chapters four and six in the first place and he tells them this in verse number one and i'm reading out of out of the amplified version hosea four and one says this Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel. For the Lord has a con controversy, a pleading contention with the inhabitants of the land. Why does God have a contention or, 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 or a problem, a controversy with the land? The inhabitants, not the land itself, the inhabitants. Why? He says, 
because there is no faithfulness, there's no love, there's no pity, there's no mercy, but most of all, there's no knowledge of God from personal experience with him in the land. He says, the thing, the reason why all these things is going on in your land, this is happening. And you got this chaos after this, that chaos, not because God is the one that's producing it, because according to the, the laws, according to the law, there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, lining up your life according to the word of God. And then there's a law of sin and death that's active in the world today. And when people make a decision to operate according to the law of sin and death and neglect and don't give any attention to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus by default, what the consequences and judgments and things that come as a result of operating according to the law, to the law of sin and death are very much in play in the earth. And you will see them playing out in your everyday life. He says, because there's no knowledge of God in the land from a personal experience with him, he, and he says, and the reason why that is, he says in verse six, he says, it's because my people are being destroyed for their lack of knowledge. He says, because you talking to the priest, he says, have rejected the knowledge. He says, I will also reject you and you shall be no more priest to me. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I will for also forget your children. What did he say? He says, priest, you were the ones who I gave the law to. Uh, you were the ones who had the law and had the had the instructions and, and the and the obligation and the direction to get my teachings, his his teachings, his principles to the the people. And when they stopped teaching the word. When they stop giving giving God's people the instruction, when they stop giving making the light available to even those who are weren't even in the church, when you stop letting your light so shine, guess what begins to happen? Darkness will arise. The less light there is, the more darkness there is. But guess what? Can I tell you this? The moment you cut on the light, the moment you begin to share God's word, the moment you begin to expose the darkness with the light, guess what happens? The light dissipates. And it goes the moment you begin to share God's word, the moment the light begins to dissipate and to go. But what happens? You have to first be willing to give the light. You first have to be willing to turn on the light. In fact, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Not just with those who are who who are uh, listening to this podcast or watching it by video, but I got a question for you. Do you have a biblical worldview? Do you have a biblical worldview? And, and Betty, what is a biblical worldview? Because I'm going to share some information with you that is going to be stunning to you. Because if it's as stunning to you as it was to me, man, whew, we know where we got to start at. He says it's a biblical worldview. What is a biblical worldview? I'm going to give you seven points. It says this. Point number one. A if you know you have a biblical worldview when absolutes exist and the Bible defines the absolutes. You know you have a biblical worldview when absolutes exist and the Bible is the is the, defines what those absolutes are. Number two, you know you have a biblical worldview when Christ you believe that Christ lived a sinless life. You have a biblical worldview when you believe that Christ lived a sinless life. Number three, you know you have a biblical worldview when God is all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe and he still rules today. When you believe that God is all-powerful and all-knowing creator of the universe and he still rules today, you have a biblical worldview. Number four, you know you have a biblical worldview when you believe that salvation is by grace through faith, not by works. You have a you believe that salvation is by grace through faith and not by works. You have a biblical view. Number five, you know you have a biblical worldview when Satan is a real being. 
you know you have a biblical worldview when you believe that Satan is a real being. Number six, you know you have a biblical worldview when Christians have the responsibility to witness. You know you have a biblical worldview when you believe that Christians have a responsibility to witness. And number seven, you know you have a biblical worldview when you believe the Bible is accurate in all its teachings. So you know you have a biblical worldview when you believe the Bible is accurate in all its teaching. Now, for those who, some people will say, man, well, I believe some of that, but I don't believe all that. Well, then you don't have a true worldview. You have a, a, a splendid uh, worldview, which means you, you kind of like a buffet line. You pick a little bit here. You pick a little bit there. You pick a little bit here. And, but I'm going to share with you this, this report from the Barner uh, uh, group that from a, uh, a, a survey that was done here uh, this year. And, and, just listen. Remember, we've been talking about how sound an alarm. It's time for the church to repent. It's time for believers to repent. It's time for leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to repent and get back to, to the, what God told us because we have a charge to teach, to keep, and teaching and training our children, this generation and the generations to come, about the wonderful deeds and works of God so that they will have their hope and have their heart in God and not be like their parents who were rebellious or stubborn because troubling times are ahead. And we listed all the troubling times and we listed how what happened is people begin to fall away and people are beginning to fall away from the faith. And the reason why they're beginning to fall away from the faith is because they're giving attention to doctrines of demons, which we're going to be talking about in a second. And they're beginning, beginning to give their attention to that. And they, the doctrines are, are, are based on hypocrisy, pretenders, and liars. And we also end up talking about how the reason why is because God says, I got a contention against the, against the uh, habits of the land because there's no love, pity, mercy, but there's no knowledge of God through personal experience in the land. And the reason why that is, is because his People are being destroyed for lack of knowledge, not because knowledge was not available, not because the teachings and principles and, and tours of God were not available to the people, but because the priests began to reject it. And because they were rejected, guess what they didn't do? They didn't teach the people. And then we ask you a question. Do you have a biblical worldview and how to know if you have a biblical worldview? And we just showed it to you. Now, let me share this with you. See, the reason why God is bringing us out and, and sounding the alarm about this slippery slopes ahead is because it is. He says, in a recent study done in the Americas it, uh, about American Christian pastors. Now, we're not even talking about congregants. We're talking about strictly pastors here. Listen to this. It says, pastor, it shows that the majority of pastors lack. A biblical worldview. Pastors. What are pastors supposed to do? And according to Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 12. Mature the saints. To do the work of the ministry. To edify the body of Christ. So if your pastor doesn't have a biblical worldview. And you don't know how to study to show yourself approved. How are you going to be able to carry out. What it is the word is telling you to carry out. It says this. It says pastors um, have. Uh, 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 shows that a majority of pastors lack a biblical worldview. In fact, just slightly more than a third, 37% of pastors uh, possess a biblical worldview. And the majority, 62%, hold a hybrid worldview. Means they have a little piece, believe a little bit of this, they believe a little bit of that, they believe a little bit of this. And then he goes on and says, says this, it says, and according to this latest report, the level of biblical worldview varies by the pastoral position held among senior pastors. For instance, 41% hold a biblical worldview, the highest indecent among any of the five pastoral positions studied. The high, the next highest is among a social pastor, which is 28%. Now, this is the part I want you to catch. One of the more concerning revelations emerging from this research is the worldview of pastors who work with young people. The, the report shows that 
only 12% of children and youth pastors hold a biblical worldview. Pause and think about that. Only 12% of those who are who are your children's ministers are and are youth pastors hold a biblical world view. And among teaching pastors, the level of biblical worldview is a is a mere 13%. So you're talking about 12 25% of of pastors who are teaching your children are teaching the adults are teaching the youth how they have a biblical worldview the rest of them have a hybrid worldview now think about this what why is that number so troubling is because a person's worldview is primarily developed before the age of 13 Think about that. A person's worldview is primarily developed before the age of 13. What does that include? Children's ministries and entering into youth. Did you know that 85% of people who make Jesus the head of their life make it between the ages of 12 and 18? 85%. Didn't say people can't do it after the fact, but primarily people who make their decision for Christ make it between the ages of, tw of 12 and 18. He says, now think about that. If if only, if most people may have their biblical, have their worldview developed before the age of eight, 13, then goes through a period of refinement during their teen years and 20s, Therefore, from a worldview development perspective, a church must minister. Most important ministers are the children's pastors and the youth pastor. I used to be a youth pastor, and we taught the children the word. How do you know? Because many of the ones that we used to be a youth pastor, I used to be a youth pastor with, went on to do ministry, or they're working in somebody's ministry. Why? Because we taught the word. We did what the word says. Why do you see so many children wilding out right now? Why do you see all this stuff going on? And and millennials, what people say about the millennials, they they lazy and they, they don't want to do anything. And you got Gen Z. And, and why is all that happening? It's because if you get, only have a portion, a small portion of your children and youth ministers ministering the word of God from a biblical world view. So the children actually have real life experiences and encounters and know the difference between God's way and the world's way and what God's position on the situation is and what he's done in the past and what he's doing right now and the great plans and purpose he has for his life. The percentage of people who will begin to fall away and begin to remember it says they begin to fall away from the faith and begin to enter into uh, uh give attention to doctrines of devil was because the word God's word, the knowledge of God was not preached. So it lay, it lays right here at our feet. I take, I take full responsibility. I take responsibility as, as a man of God. I take responsibility as, as, as a leader, as, as a parent, I take responsibility. What, what are we supposed to do? He says this, and this is where we're going to close. Preach the word of God only. See, see, your battle right now, the battle that is going on is a battle of ideologies. Crafty, well put together ideologies that will that go against science, that goes against reason, which goes against logic. They're putting it together and, and they're putting it in a, a very nice package and, and trying to convince everybody that what the word of God is not true. Because, see, if you believe that you you identify, I, I heard something yesterday talk about a person says they identify as self-partnership. Like what in the world is that? Which basically means that I have I don't need I don't need to be with somebody else to have significance. I, I can I'm content in me which totally goes against what it is that the world, the word of God says, because God says we are a body 
We are a body who were meant to do life together. We are a body who were meant to, to you have a part and I have a part and I'm strong in an area, and, and, but I may not be as strong in another area, but you might be stronger in that area, but you're weak in the area in which I'm strong. Guess what? When we come together, we're both strong and we both can do much more things. But if, I, but if society says, man, you don't need all that, you can just be yourself. You can do whatever you want. Your way right away is the adversary using doctrines, teachings, and instructions to get you to turn away from the truth. It lies at our feet. God says, preach the word only. He says, this is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word only. And be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come, and it's here, when they will not endure sound doctrine, sound teaching, but want to, wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. So they'll find somebody, if you won't teach them what they want to hear, if you won't be like, Preacher, preacher, scratch my ear. Give me something good to hear. But you give them the word of God that will that will correct, that will rebuke, that will that will exhort. He says, then what they'll do is they'll find somebody else. Well, I've seen it personally. I've seen people do that because they heard they was hearing the word and the word challenged them because they didn't want to do the word. So they went out and just try and find other teachers. And then what some people do, they don't want to hear nobody's teaching. They don't want to come under nobody's leadership. They go out and they do their own thing, not knowing they have separated themselves from the body and the they are prime picking for the adversary to get you caught up in this one word, pride. And pride goes before a fall. He says, even though they're going to be, you know, accumulating all the, for themselves, teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn to away to miss. But he says, but make sure you you do your part. He says, endure the hardship, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. So what are we going to do here at Ignite? We're going to preach the word only to children, to youth, to, to, to young adults. Whosoever who will give ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto them. He, he's calling us. In fact, he shifted us and says, I want you to shift. And your focus is going to help other pastors and leaders to be able to train up their children and youth and young adults ministers and ministries so that they can mature the young saints so they can grow up with a biblical worldview so that they can go out and do the works of the ministry according to the biblical worldview and then they'll be able to grow the body of Christ and change the world around them forever it's the slippery slopes ahead but God just showed you what's causing it but he also told you how to fix it now the first one in order to do that you got to start off first but you got to receive jesus as your lord and savior baby that's where it all starts at there's not all kind of different ways to get to heaven there's not all kind of you know that's why we 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 you know sometimes we say if you go seek god but our thing is man you get, do you know jesus because when you say god i talked to the, a friend of mine the other day when we say God, he knows clearly I'm talking one way. He's talking about some something altogether different. Even though we don't agree in that area, I don't I don't disas I don't just cut him off because how is he ever going to see the light and, and realize he's in the dark if he never it gets exposed to light? See, the thing about it is, is this. The word of God says in according to John chapter 14 that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except by him. Acts chapter 4 and, and, and I believe it's verse uh, 12 says this. There's no other name in, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except through the name of Jesus. And we do that through 
Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, which says this. The word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto the righteous, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Man, pray this prayer with me. Confess it out of your mouth and mean it from your heart in the name of Jesus. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sin for me. He was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent. I make the decision now to make you the head of my life. I receive you as the head of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Right now, I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer for the very first time, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you into right position, welcome you back into right relationship. So what do you do now? Man, you got to get in a good Bible-based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but will also teach you about the kingdom of God and the love of God. We know that United Depot is such a place, and we carry a biblical worldview, and we'll teach you about the principles and, and, and teaches and instructions of the word of God in a practical way so that you can live your best life yet. In fact, what our goal is always to represent God and ignite life, identity, and purpose within this generation. We also want you to know God, to find life, to restore identity to you, and help you to discover your purpose. So join us each week here at 6 p.m., on Saturdays, every Saturday at 6 p.m. And, and catch and, and watch this broadcast with us and learn how to do those exact same things we talked about. Also, if you miss it on Saturdays because you're working, catch it on Thursday because we'll re, we broadcast the same message on Thursday for those who are unavailable. But guess what? We have a podcast. Our podcast, Ignite to Life, is, is out there on, on uh, platforms all around Apple, Google, Android, um, Amazon, you, you can type in Ignite the number two life, Ignite the number two life, and you will find this message and all the other messages we preached beforehand. On behalf of Pastor Juin and the entire Night Nation and myself, I want to thank you for joining us tonight and remember this. The word of God is near you. Speak it out of your mouth. Determine that we, this week that you have a worldview. And begin to be doers and not hearers only. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.